Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode seven of the Throwing Up Bricks podcast. We're still here. We're still in it. I'm Jared, and that's Jake. Bats are the only mammal that can actually fly. Really? The only? I got to think about that. Don't you can't count airplanes for humans? And no, flying squirrels <laughs> are not flying; they're gliding. They're de- uh, they're falling with style, according to Woody. Okay, actually, it's um, according to Buzz. Oh my god, I totally got my Toy Story references wrong. You're right. I'm ashamed of myself. Let, Point let, one, let cut Jake. That. Cut that out of the podcast, editors. Uh, yep, that's just me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we got a lot to talk about in the uh, basketball world. It's uh, late at night here on uh, August 11th uh 2020 here on a tuesday and uh i don't know if we have that much to talk about um i mean there's one one tiny point we should probably get to and that's damian lillard being an absolute monster but uh before we get to that we'll we'll cover the normal housekeeping i guess um if you want to reach out to us um as i know so many people are we've gotten zero emails that's not true um (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) if anyone wants to please i do check it um you can do so at throwing up bricks jj at gmail.com again that is throwing up bricks jj at gmail.com no periods no spaces no capital letters just the pod name with a jj at the end yeah that's it and as usual, we're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, and guess what, folks? Spotify. Yes, we did it. Official. Um, yeah, so I checked, and um, it, it was about official, like, like maybe an hour after the last podcast posted. So, yeah, we're on there, man. We are legit. This is a dream we've had since July. And it's really good to see it come to fruition. <laughs> it's been 11 days. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's not dawdle. Let's not, you know, drag this out any longer. Let's just get into it. Let's talk about Dame. Get a boo. Get a boo, Jake. Let's hit it. All right. Damian Lillard. Absolute beast. I'm going to float something out there, like right off the bat here. You, is this crazy or is this like not an overreaction? Is Damian Lillard the one guy you don't want to run into in the playoffs right now? Like, is he the number one, like public enemy number one right now? I, w- yeah, I would say yes. He is the most dangerous player right now because he's doing the thing that we all thought was going to be the key to winning in the bubble. Is he's getting hot and he found his groove and he looks like he could single-handedly beat any team right now so yes i would agree with you and he could keep this up for the next couple weeks he is the most dangerous player in the nba yeah yeah no doubt so for context um today uh on tuesday the blazers played the mavericks uh, and the blazers won 134 to 131 but we're bearing the lead if we lead with that because we (laughs) mr damian Lillard went for 61 points today after having gone for 50 something in the previous game i mean he is on a heck of a role right now i mean dude is scoring left and right i watched parts of this game um porzingis is like a generally considered a very good defender right like mm-hmm. he's a big guy he's called the unicorn for a reason because he's in a the big paint, guy he yeah. can move his feet in the paint he can stretch out to the three like he's he's a mobile big man um 
Dame had his way with him. I can't, I don't even, I think I lost count of how many times Dame drove by him. Like he would get to the lane and then he was just like a blur right past Porzingis for a layup. And there was nothing the poor man could do about it. He's getting turned every which way. He looked like a Beyblade out there. Someone just let him rip. And the problem with Dame right now when he's hot like this is he's basically a more athletic version of 2016 Steph where you have to guard him at half court. Because we saw at this game, he hit what three threes that were at least five feet behind the line. That one with three minutes left, where it bounced off the back of the rim, went straight up, hit the ceiling, and came down and went in. I mean, it's it's impossible (laughs) to guard somebody like that in the modern NBA when they can shoot from that far out. They're that quick. They're that athletic. I don't know what you do. You you can't do anything. I mean, you saw like I mean the Mavericks aren't an especially good defensive team, but. I mean, he was just carving them up. It didn't matter who they threw on him. Like he was just getting to his spots at will. Um, and it wasn't just to, you know, his scoring. He did have eight assists in this one and he was down the stretch. He was trusting Melo to hit some big shots and Melo came through. He had 26 in this one. It was like an old school Olympic Melo performance. Like Melo's raining threes. been playing fantastic this bubble. He's a couple of games. He's hit threes down the stretch. He had maybe one or two duds, but he's been playing solid. He's accepted his role as the, third scorer but in points in time he is the go-to guy to get a bucket so i think the thing that pisses me off about the blazers is that they're gonna they're hitting their stride right now and most likely they're gonna win these playing games if they if they get in there and they're gonna play the lakers who are on you know a downswing and trying to figure things out so skip bayless needs to shut his mouth and stop pissing (laughs) off damian lillard or else LeBron is going to get sent home in the first round. Yeah, people need to stop ticking him off. I mean, between Skip and Pat Bev just like poking the hornet's nest, Dame is just responding like crazy. And we know this is what he does. He sent Paul George packing last year. Like this man has a mean streak a mile wide, and he's not like he's not like showy about it either. He's one of those quiet killers, you know, where he's just like emotionless. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to kill you in this moment. I'm just going to take it to you all night long. And you're going to have no answer. Like, I'm just going to let my game do the talking. And he let 61 points worth of it do the talking tonight. I believe it was a wise man named The Dude that said, let sleeping dogs lie. And Damian Lillard is a sleeping dog. He's not like MJ or um, I don't know who else, Pat Beverly, guys like that who talk no matter what. Gary Payton, that's how they play. They talk. He doesn't talk unless spoken to pretty much if you provoke him that's when he turns all his attention on you and gives you that lip yeah yeah man they pissed on his rug and he did not like it (laughs) 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 that's a big lebowski reference for uh, you uncultured swine out there who didn't get that um (laughs) uh so the mavericks in this one i gotta be honest i didn't even pay attention honestly like when they were away at the ball i didn't even care like it was just the dame show all night every play for me um but they did have some big performances. I mean, you're looking at the stat line on the other side, and like Luca went for 25 and 10 and 8. Like he almost had another triple double. Chris Tess went for 36. Tim Hardaway went for, for 24. Um, they got 12 apiece from Trey Burke and Maxi Kleba, and then another 15 from Dorian Finney Smith. Like a lot of guys chipped in for the Mavs. It's just like when one guy on the other side has 61 points, I don't know what you do. <laughs> and you're seeing a pattern with the Mavericks here, which highlights what they are. They're playing all these games where they're losing by two, three points, and the scores are like in the 130s for each team. They can't guard anybody. They're fantastic offensively, possibly the most deadly offensive team in the league. But it doesn't matter when you can't defend. 
Luca is fantastic. Chris Snaps has his moments where he looks like a superstar. But unless you can get stops on a consistent basis, there's no way that you can get the momentum to win a game, especially in the playoffs when the pace is so slow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the lowest amount of points that um, an opponent of the Mavericks has scored in the bubble so far is 110, and that was the Kings. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. That's the lowest amount they've held a team to. Like, you, can't, you can't win like that. Yeah, they let the Rockets pour in 153 against them in that that first overtime game, which we it was a great game, but mm-hmm. 153 points. Yeah, and they let the they let the Clips score 126. They let the Bucks score 132, and they actually yep. won that game against the Bucks. And they mm-hmm. still let them score 132. Like they let the Jazz, the inept Jazz, who are like probably outside of the Lakers, look the worst. Uh, and I mean, we're not counting like the you know the really bad edge teams, you know, mm-hmm. like the um, like the Pels and the Kings and all that. But yeah. Of the contenders or the people who are in the playoffs, the Jazz have probably looked the worst. And they let them score 115. The Jazz who have like no shooting. So yeah, they can't guard a paper bag like you and I have said many times. Um, paper or plastic. And if you look at the scores, yeah. all these games are close. Like they're not when they win, they're not blowing out people either. They're no, they're winning no, by no. a couple points. They're getting blown out, but yeah, they're yeah. they're only winning by a few. Exactly. Like, even the Kings that they beat, they beat them in overtime and they only beat them by four. Like yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean the Ma- it's just probably just too soon for the Mavs. I mean, let's be honest. It's Luca's second year in the league. It's Chris Stapps first real year since his injury coming yeah. back. Right. Um, so it's just, it's just too early for them. Yeah. Like yeah. they're a good high seed in the West. You know, they did good this year. You know, they're not, they're not like a fringe good team. They are like a legitimate good team. So it, yeah. it was a good step forward for them. So hey. I, I think. There's no disappointment, really. They get playoff experience, and then you know in the off season that you're gonna have to tweak your team to be able to get stops. Because no matter yeah. what offense you run or anything, Luca has proven that he might be the best offensive creator in the NBA. So right. you've got that locked up for a long time. So you just need to focus on the defensive end and keeping those shooters around him. Like the offense looks amazing. So just mm-hmm. just try to psych up that defense next year, and they'll yeah. be legit scary contenders. Um, yeah, I mean, do you have anything more to say about Dame? I mean, he's you were telling me earlier, like he's the only guy in history to have this or no, he since uh since Wilt, right? He's the first guy to have three 60-point games in one season. Is I think so. It was either 360 or 350. We'll have to check that. But yeah, he's anytime you're in a conversation with Wilt Chamberlain in any statistic, you are doing absurd things. That guy is yeah. like, he's like a, a mythical I mean, creature in terms of yeah. stats. And whenever you match those stats in some way, shape, or form, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Just why I still find that Ben Simmons meme with the holding up the zero. Oh, dear <laughs> so Lord. Funny. I love that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, anybody's listening, like just look up Ben Simmons, Wilt Chamberlain meme. Like, and then just enjoy. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I shouldn't really pile the salt on because uh, switching topics really quickly, we can get back to, to Dame because um, we do have more to say about him. But you saw that Ben Simmons, um, he's going under surgery, right? So mm-hmm. he's probably not going to be back for the bubble like people thought. Yeah, uh, I don't unless they get out of the first round, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting what they'll do in the offseason. Is interesting the word? Disappointing maybe? I mean, it's another year where they won't have like their full complement of players. And so like, is it another year where they're just like, oh, well, you know, we didn't have Ben Simmons, and so that's kind of an issue. And, you know, if he was here, we'd probably be okay. 
um, I think it's really like you would have failed regardless. Like, yeah, you can't keep using these crutches. Like you guys just keep failing. Yeah. The term I would use is urgency. I mean, yes, they were a couple bounces away from going to the Eastern conference finals last year. And who knows what happened? Maybe they could have beat the bucks. Uh, but I think right now it's, you need to make a decision. Who are you going to move forward with your franchise? Cause in the modern NBA, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid as your two superstars is not going to win you a championship. Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is, you know, in terms of that, like they could win you a championship if you built better. Like if you put more spacing and shooting around them, but they just have not shown an ability to consistently do that with this team. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have one of the greatest shooters in the league in JJ Redick and they let him go. Like that was a perfect complimentary piece and they did nothing to retain him. Um, yeah, and they they've instead they filled the wings with like these kind of playmaking, but not really if you stare at it too hardly kind of players, you know, Josh Richardson and Tobias Harris, where it's like I don't know. They make a ton of money, and is that really the big thing that they do? They just eat your money? Because like they give contributions, sure, but if they're your second or third best player, then your team's not very good, right? So Tobias could be a third he could be like the you know your your two A or whatever, but he's less of a spot up shooter and more of a pure scorer. Yeah, yeah, because his not, three gets streaky. Right? Yeah, it's like uh, it just goes cold at times, and you don't want that from your floor spacers. You want consistent threats, which like yeah. so maybe they just be better off with like cannibalizing his salary, like trading him somehow, and using that space to like I don't know may, turn it into two or maybe even three bit players that just are actual shooters and wing defenders or something, right? Like, I don't know. Or, or the simplest solution would be as a, uh, 22, 23 year old, however he is old person who is making hundreds of millions of dollars to play basketball. How about you learn how to shoot it? Ben Simmons. Yep. Yeah. How hard is that? This is your job. This is all you do. And you get paid absurd amount of money. And if, you know, he talks like he wants to win a championship, but Learn how to shoot a shot. How how difficult is that? You don't need to improve anything else in your game. You're already an elite defender. You're an elite playmaker. Just learn how to shoot, and you could be one of the top players in the NBA. I don't I don't get it. Or at the very least, stop tantalizing us with these fake shooting displays. Oh, like what a bunch of stuff. What a bunch just, of just stop. If you're not going to shoot a three, like he took more threes in college than he's taken in the NBA. What, why the sudden aversion? Are you developing? Markel Fultz syndrome, and we just didn't know it because you never shoot to begin with. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but enough of the Sixers. How about we get yeah. back to? How do we get on them? Oh my god! Unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry, it happens every episode. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to Dame, the man of the hour. So you mentioned it early, or and um, I think we should use it as like a, as a good segue here because I predicted at the beginning, and it's looking more and more likely by the day with these performances. But mm-hmm. the Blazers are going to be facing the Lakers because as we currently sit, right. Um, the NBA standings in the West are pretty much set in stone for the top six, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even, even, well, let's just say top seven. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely top seven. So yeah. the Mavericks are locked into place now because they're a game and a half by the jazz. So, uh-huh. um, everybody's pretty much locked in. Um, I mean, I guess technically the thunder and the jazz could flip, but it seems like the jazz just don't care enough to even win. So they want to match up against the nuggets, which makes sense. Actually, if you think about it, because they've just. The Rockets have their number. The Rockets beat the Jazz every year in the playoffs for like the last 15 years, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. I know it's only like three, but 
<laughs> the Rockets are always the end of the Jazz, even going back to the Gordon Hayward years. So it's just like maybe they don't want to match up so badly that they're willing to just lose games here to match up against the Nuggets. So that, that makes sense. But yeah, the top seven are pretty much set. It's Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, uh, then Rockets, Thunder, Jazz in that order right now, and then the Mavericks in seven. So the eight seed, though, this race, you were saying it earlier, Jake, it has shaped up to be more than we really ever could have imagined. Yeah. I mean, going into this bubble, it was like... It was billed to be a race, right? By the NBA, Adam Silver trying to drum up interest. But none of us really thought that was a thing. You know, we thought maybe one team might get close enough to the Grizzlies to like push them for a play in game. But other than that, we thought the Grizzlies would basically hold on, right? I mean, the consensus was that the Grizzlies were going to hold on to that eight seed. And it'd be the Pels. And then the Pelicans and the Blazers might be pushing to get that ninth seed. But it it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that the Pelicans were going to be playing the Grizzlies. And then maybe if the Blazers got their stuff together, which has happened. Yeah, so that's the scary thing. It's happened for the Blazers. And then we had all these Cinderella teams. Like, I mean, the Suns are 7-0 and still. They won again today. It's insane. Unbelievable. Can we can we move yeah. on to the Suns for a little bit? Because I want to talk about... Yeah, let's hit on that before we hit on the rest of those teams bunch there. Because the Suns won today um, 130 to 117 against said sad sack Sixers. Um, I mean, Booker's still killing it. Like, the dude just is not slowing down. He's... I, I mean, I don't know who who predicted this. Who predicted that of all the teams that were going to gel the quickest <laughs> and perform the best was going to be the Suns? We thought it was a joke that they were even invited. Maybe Devin Booker's mom. Maybe that's it. That's the only person. <laughs> yeah, Devin Booker and Devin Booker's mom. I mean, it's not only Devin Booker. He's been obviously phenomenal. But all these role players and these young guys, they've all been playing like I've never seen the Suns play. They look like a professional basketball team. Yeah, because like, I guess throughout the years, we have these tiny bursts where we the Suns do like good. Like we had one right before the hiatus, right? Where the Suns won out like two out of their last three games and mm-hmm. like five out of seven overall leading into the hiatus. And we're like, oh, they're put on a cool burst here. But they never last. And like, this is the most sustained stretch ever. And get this, they're doing it without two of their, two of their like key contributing players, or at least people we would refer to do as their key contributors going into the bubble in um, Kelly Oubre Jr., <sighs> And yeah. uh, Baines, Aaron Baines. Yeah, you're right. Like, Baines was killing it. Remember this at the beginning of this year when uh, Aiden was suspended and Baines was starting and just knocking down threes like he was tall Steph Curry. Um, and people were like, is he the best player on the Suns? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. They're, they're missing two of their starters, essentially. Yeah, they're missing two of their starters and they went 7-0. and And like against tough teams, that wasn't an easy schedule. There was a reason people, nobody picked the Suns to like do yeah. this. I mean, that's one thing uh, for your star player, Devin Booker, to bring your team to that level. But the other guys are rising to the challenge. They all look good. Every rotation player has played his role to perfection. Javon Carter has been knocking down threes. Saric has been giving you that kind of utility thing at the four where he can score yeah. if he needs to or just or just be a body. You know, Bridges is a phenomenally athletic Cameron Johnson came out of nowhere. I didn't even really know who nowhere. he was at the beginning. Huge of the year. contribution. Not so much in this game particular, but throughout yeah. the bubble, he's been uh-huh. great. Yeah. And then Aiden has looked like a very solid center, potentially star player, which everybody predicted kind of a, a David Robinson light almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's his look really David Robinson esque. I've heard that comparison a number of times on, on many podcasts. Um, and he, he, I mean, you see it right. The way he's built, he's built like, like the Admiral, right. Um, mm. And his little short post game and his, you know, smooth footsteps down low. Yeah. And just how strong he is. Like, if he can grow into that, that'd be huge for the Suns. Because even in this day and age, like, there's a role for that guy. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, he could, yeah, he they, could, he could, he could definitely be the second star. Uh, oh yeah, and and it looks like they've already got role players that are looking to fill big roles. So I, I'm actually rooting for them to get to the playing game and beat the Blazers, which I don't think will happen. But I want them to because I want them to get playoff experience. I think they've been so downtrodden the past few years, just kind of a laughing stock of the of the Western Conference essentially. And I think it's kind of time for their stars to get the confidence and especially Devin Booker to play meaningful basketball for the first time in his professional career. Yeah. And they may have an opportunity because the Grizzlies can't win a single game. What is their problem? They lost again today, 122 to 107 to the Celtics. I mean, you can't place all the blame on them losing triple J. Yes, that hurts, but even when he was playing, they weren't winning games. And you, your season is on the line. You need to be able to pull out a win or two here. Yeah, all they had to do was win one of these games, one of these six games that they've dropped, and they'd be guaranteed a spot in the play-in. Um, just oh, wow. like, can you imagine that? All they have to do at the end of the day is go two and six in the bubble, and mm-hmm. they'll have locked up a spot. <sighs> I mean, it's, at this point, like I was rooting for the Grizzlies because I really wanted them to be in there because I felt like they grinded and they pushed all season long and they deserved it. But this has been a pathetic performance in the bubble, man. Like this has really kind of soured my outlook on their season. And it, it, it kind of bums me out because it is only at the end of the day, like what, an eight game stretch. So yeah. we probably shouldn't judge them too harshly based on that, especially missing Triple J. But like, I, it's kind of pathetic. You had this ramp up where like, you're basically fed the play-in game on silver platter, if not the eight seed altogether. Um, and they just couldn't do it. They couldn't win two out of eight games. I mean, I guess they have one final stab at it um, on Thursday when they, when they face down the bucks and we'll see if the bucks even play anybody, but yeah, I mean, I think part yeah. of one part is youth. They're so young and inexperienced, but another is they I just don't think they're deep enough. They're not deep enough to play these, meaningful high intensity games and pull out a win guys like Grayson Allen have stepped up and looked really good and hit a lot of shots, but they're just, they don't have the depth. It seems like whenever jaw goes to the bench, they don't have a primary playmaker. Um, Yeah. That's a big problem for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they don't have enough talent right now where if all their guys aren't firing, they can still win. Right. Especially against good teams. Yeah. yeah, Especially against these good. And that's basically all there is in the bubble, which is the one thing that I really like about the bubble. I mean, we just kind of kick to the curb, all the crap teams and we only have for the most part. Yeah. The wizards kind of climbed out of the Um, toilet and and suited up, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Other than those poopers, Um, we've got mostly good teams here. So it's, it's been good quality basketball. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, that has magnified their struggles against those teams because when all their good players aren't firing on all cylinders, it's kind of ugly for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, it's the mark of a young team. Let's be honest. Their point guard is in his rookie season. So like, it, I guess it's only disappointing from the frame that like we were so hyped on them going in. Like I was so happy for John yeah. Morant and triple J. I just loved seeing them play so hard and so awesome all the time. And, and yeah, they've just kind of let me down with their play in yeah, the bubble. And, so. and kind of ditto with the Pelicans, pretty much the same thing. Just inexperienced, young, maybe not deep enough. But like yeah. we've been saying a lot of negative things about these teams, pretty much our whole podcast. So I want to say one positive thing is that I mean we were positive about the Blazers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think we've been down on some of the fringe teams. But what I want to say positive about them is it gets me excited to see 
all this young talent and this potential parity for the next decade of the NBA. Yes, the Golden State Warriors will be back next year, and who knows what's going to happen. But there's not really a team that has been far and away the favorite, right? And in addition to that, there's a lot of teams that you could see potentially contending. And that's a great thing to see after half a decade of LeBron and the Warriors and a decade of just LeBron, pretty much. It's great to see that the potential for the 2020 or the and beyond this decade is going to be a lot of young talent, a lot of small market teams making a push to be a contender. Yeah, you hit it right on the head there. I mean, it's so good to see all this this fresh blood coming in and we know we're going to have just a refreshment of, of talent or an infusion of talent, right. Um, for years to come. It's, it's good to see that you're right. That's a, it's a bright, like a, a bright shining moment for us a little bit. Um, and we talked about it last time. <laughs> I know <laughs> whenever I say that, that wrong song runs through my head. But <laughs> um, yeah. We talked about it last pod. Um, how like this is, is probably the healthiest from a parody perspective that the, the league's been in for a while. Like you said, since basically for the last decade, since LeBron started running rough shot over the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm, I am happy about that. Um, so getting back to the standings, um, the reason we're talking about this so much, for those of you that don't know, the Grizzlies came into this place in pole position for the eighth spot, right? Um, as of the end of today's slate of games, the Blazers are now in control of the eighth spot. They are now 34 and 39. Uh, and half a game up on the Grizzlies, who are 33 and 39. And then tied with the Grizzlies are the Suns and Spurs uh, in terms of games. Now, the Suns have played the same amount of games, so they're also 33 and 39. But the Spurs have played two less games, so there's 32 and 38. So technically, while they're not any games behind, um, they are two games played behind, right? Uh-huh. So so what that means is that their win percentage is lower. It's 4.57 as compared to the 4.58 for the Grizz and Suns. So that might end up mattering. That's the reason I'm bringing it up because uh, they're going by win percentage in terms of tiebreakers. So say all of the Grizzlies, Suns, and Spurs win their next game, the the Spurs are on the bottom of that pile yeah, uh, because they have the lowest win percentage. Um, but the way it, it works out now is for the Blazers, if they win, they're in. For the Grizzlies, if they win, they're in. For the Suns and Spurs, they need to win, and then they need two of the teams ahead of them to lose. Yep. So for the Suns, they need to win, and they need one of the Grizzlies or Blazers to lose. The Spurs need to win, and they need two of the Suns, Grizzlies, or Blazers to lose to get in. So that's that's kind of how it breaks down. Um, those four teams jockeying for this, on this final day, jockeying for this play-in game, which then itself will be a jockeying in for the final eight spot, which will be so exciting. I, I love that we're getting down to this. This is going to be great. This is it's almost like a mini playoff before the playoffs. Do you think um do you think they'll institute based on the success of this, right? And I, I would say it's hands down a success, right? Yeah. Uh regardless of the situation we're in with COVID and the bubble and everything. Um do you think they'll incorporate this into future NBA seasons? I mean, is this a is this something you can try and use to bump up ratings or intrigue towards the end of the season when it it generally kind of lulls and people don't care because a lot of teams are just already out of contention? If there was like a planned tournament to fight for, yeah, I think so because the whole they, obviously it's been a proposal for a while. They've been thinking about it. Adam Silver wants to spice it up, uh, but I guess the whole pushback was especially in the Eastern Conference where. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want that league-wide tournament and all that stuff. But I think this mm-hmm. has really given a nice little experiment about, hey, to spice it up, why don't we just have the last few spots or or you know, maybe a tournament for seeding at the end or something like that. It's going to open up the door for discussion, especially because 
uh, we don't know what's going to happen next season. If it's going to be a full season, if it's going to be another bubble, who knows what's going to happen. I think this is um, essentially almost a perfect experiment, how successful it's been. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you then. Cause I, I think this is a very good, um, like I think of it as a, a tryout or, you know, a, a little appetizer, if you will, of like what could be to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a very successful experiment in that sense because it's, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to say, cause as a scientist, I really want to isolate the variable and you really can't because yeah. basically it's the only sport fully functioning at this moment in baseball's has its struggles as it, as it tried to start up. Um, <laughs> like it really only put half measures into place and, and we've seen the struggles with that, with, you know, multiple entire teams getting shut down because of COVID yeah. uh, positive tests. Um, Football, we have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, they are they're still have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I guess golf has been okay, but I don't even consider that a major sport. <laughs> and it's and uh, it's you know an individual sport, so it's a lot easier to maintain. Right, right. So basically, of all like the major stuff that Americans seem to care about, basketball has done it the best and in the most trying of circumstances. So maybe that is influencing how we're we're thinking about this. Maybe that's adding to our our interest and the likability of it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't even care. I think the, the play-in is just so exciting regardless. I think this would be awesome. Because we had that a couple of years back. Remember when we had the Nuggets, uh, the really yeah. young Nuggets, and the um, the Timberwolves yeah. have that basic play-in. Yeah, basically, right? play, yeah, the, the circumstances it was like, came whoever down. Wins was... the last, yeah, whoever wins the last game of the regular season gets in. Like, And that was awesome. Like Everybody loved that. Yeah, um, that was fun. Yeah, that was super fun. So I, I do think it's a good concept. Um I was actually thinking about this earlier, and I'm I'm a little surprised for the bubble they didn't try and introduce any of the the Elam ending. You remember what they did for the All Star game? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the like uh, how, you're basically you're playing pickup, so you're you're going to a score. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, what if they introduced that for the playing games? Like they just made it a different form. Like that'd be kind of weird. I mean, like, why not? Uh, why at not? That point, right? What do you got to lose? Yeah, I mean, everybody loved it in the All Star game. It'd be just another opportunity to throw it in there. I, it's not like a real regular season game, yeah. so it's not going to count for the regular season. So I, I don't know. I agree with uh, trying it out, but I also am am against that with a legit game because I don't think that's how it's supposed to be played as a legit game. I think it's perfect for the All Star game, uh, competition wise. But I, I, th- I don't know for an actual basketball game, especially for a playoff type game. I don't think that's the preferred way to play. Yeah, that's fair. I get it for posterity's sake. You yeah. kind of want to keep, but it why not try it out? You're right. Why not give it a chance? Yeah, my my thought line was just like, I don't even know if this really counts. There's so many variables going on here that because I'm still on that wagon. You know, I'm still on like, eh, this is a real NBA championship. I don't know. So, <laughs> might as well just throw the kitchen sink at it and try all the cool stuff. But hey, the, the, I, I was cool the more it's looking like legit one, and I just want to throw this yeah, out fair. there. Uh, we can go back and talk about something else if you want to, but since we're running up on the time here, do we have time to quickly talk about the Lakers? Let's do it, man. I okay. I don't even care if this podcast goes a little bit long. I've been having fun with a longer one, so let's do it. Well, here we go. Killer Kuzma. Killer Kuzma. Oh, how Dude. long have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> Forever. So NBA Twitter has been dogging Kuzma since he's been in the league. And they oh, all yeah. had to issue out an apology for him because he's hitting his stride now. The whole team, I was not worried about them. We weren't worried. They're just jockeying. I was a there. little worried. <laughs> the, 
I'm still a little worried. They still don't look great. But what <laughs> makes me happy is that they they used this game as an opportunity because it's basically useless to them to win. It doesn't matter. But they use it as an opportunity to give their third guy, pretty much, the chance to feel more confident, right? To take that last right. shot, to make sure he's knows that he is the key for them to win. Yeah, because we're going to need him to be that third star. Like, there's no question about it. It the bubble has just exasperated the problem, right? Like at the beginning, we kind of gave our X factors and we both said KCP, mm-hmm. um, but he's been more or less just a background character. Yeah. Um, all these guys have the guy who's been in the spotlight has been Kuz. And mm-hmm. when he's shined, he's shined very, very bright. And when he's not, it's very, very apparent. Yeah. That's um, a good point. Very inconsistent. Yeah. So he's actually been the talk, um, even though we, we kind of skipped over him in the, you know, the preview. So, if he has the skill set, I, I think so. I, I go back and forth on Coos because sometimes I think like his highs are basically he just gets hot from the field. Like he doesn't do anything like he doesn't have like great vision, right? Yeah. He doesn't like see the floor like John Morant where you can tell uh-huh. John Morant just processes the game faster than everybody else. Um, he when Coos like does well in a game, it's mostly because he just got hot. Like he just started making threes or he. You know, his shot went down a few times. He got his mojo and he started doing some spin drives to the lane and stuff Um, or he got active on the boards. But at at a certain point, it doesn't really matter how he does it. It doesn't matter that it's not like he's not like some savant of the game um, because he's so important to us. And when he's confident and hitting his shots, it doesn't really matter how he does it. It just matters. He does it because if all we have is AD and LeBron on a given night, it's going to be tough for us to beat a lot of teams like those guys are amazing, but even the best of the best teams need supporting cast characters. Yeah. You know, they you need an X factor guy who can provide another 20 points for them. Um, you know, after your stars go and get maybe 50, 60 combined. Right. So yeah. um, he's going to be so important. And, and you're right. A game like this was just great to see that he would step up to that moment. Yeah, we needed it because these games were a waste for us. You know, it's all it does is give the media stuff to talk about how the Lakers should be worried, right. but they took advantage of it. It was a, a game, you know, game winning situation and they used it to do something they practice and get Kuzma that confidence booster. And the thing about Kuzma is our issue is our three point shooting, right? That's what kind of is the team X factor for us to beat some of these good teams. If you can have a guy like Kuzma give you, you know, 1920 in a playoff game that takes a lot of pressure off the other guys to, you know, hit 50% of their threes. The more Kuzma can give us, you know, efficient, uh, uh, easy buckets, the less we have to depend on all our guys hitting their threes in order to win. That's what this game told me is that yes, our three point shooting is not perfect, but if consistent Kuzma, not killer Kuzma, let's call him consistent Kuzma can show up and do what he did, have a good game, he and he also brings that energy when he scores. The team feels good, you know, high five and all that stuff. If Kuzma can be consistent, the Lakers do have a legit shot at the title. Yeah, I think I I didn't actually think about it that way. That's a great point because um, role players always just kind of need not as much pressure, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the definition of a role player. A guy who's not really necessarily going to step up and crunch. He's just kind of he's playing his role. Yeah, and the less the spotlight is shining on that role, the better in most cases, right? Not not all the time, but in most cases. So you're right when when Kuz is being consistent. If he's giving us a consistent 15 to 20 a game, um, on it doesn't even have to be great percentages from three. He just needs to get it, you know, mm-hmm. in an efficient, maybe just go to the hoop or get to the line kind of manner. Um, 
then you're right. It takes a lot of the pressure off the, you know, the Danny Greens, um, the KCPs, you know, the, the Dion waiters, I guess, if we're going to be playing him big minutes, um, it takes a lot of pressure off those guys to, to knock down their threes. If we've got a third consistent score, um, so let's hope, man. Let's hope that this is a is a confidence boosting run here for Coos. Yep. He's gotten hot before. He's gotten exactly. hot before over a strand, you know, a many games. So, very streaky. Uh, very streaky. So, yeah, I mean, most most likely we'll be playing the Blazers. Um, I said it from the beginning, and I said I'll say it again. Um, I guess we could be playing the Red Hot Suns, which I wouldn't mind. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's going to be the Blazers and Dame. So, but hey, either way, it's going to be fun. We're going to get an extra playoff game or two, essentially, right? With these playing right games. essentially so yeah no complaints here and yeah yeah I, I i just love basketball man like watching moments like tonight just reminds me how much like god when a guy takes over the game like that you just get goosebumps and all mm-hmm. you're doing is sitting watching you know a television product and yet you just have goosebumps and you just get caught up in the moment and it doesn't even matter what team he's on you're just like this is something that never happens you just need to like appreciate it's unlike any other sport because like the thing i would compare it to is the most thrilling thing in another sport for me is when tom brady gets hot and he's leading a game winning drive and stuff like that but even with that he also has to rely on his lineman to give him the time to throw his receiver to make the catch you know all these different factors play into it when a superstar in basketball gets hot he's literally just making the shot he's usually unless he's clay thompson he's getting the shots off the dribble he's doing things himself it's one-on-one it's just a different type of thrilling to just watch a guy when there's only 10 people on the court absolutely to just take over the game yeah because you're right it's the closest team sport to an individual sport right yeah that's a good like that's a good observation it's the one team sport that's basically driven by individuals Uh um it's like the opposite of soccer, which is driven by the many, like having the, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's whole weakest link versus strong link sport or whatever. Right. So uh-huh. basketball is like the ultimate strong link sport. Yeah. Like you want, you want your strongest, your best player to be the best of the best. Um, and sure. That's like kind of sounds like in, from a, a macro perspective as sort of a selfish way to play, but moments like this are just so special because it's not that selfish. It's just like, he's just putting the team on his back. He's mm-hmm. just, and yeah. everybody's in it with him. Like the crowd's in it. You're in it at home. I mean, I guess there's no crowd now, but generally the crowd's, in it. Yeah. <laughs> but the we're in it at crowd. home. Yeah. The virtual crowd, his teammates are in it. Like the whole, like, it's just the vibe that you get that you just don't get with other sports because, because of what you said, either one guy can't do that much or, or say in like baseball's case where one guy could get hot at the plate, but, then it's like three innings before you see him again at the plate. So that's yeah. like a giant gap. So yeah. in basketball, you just get to see this guy play after play after play. Just do it. Just go to work and do magical stuff like every 25 seconds. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Between today's games and, you know, Sunday when we had all those great games, it's the bubble has, by far exceeded my expectations. Number one, yeah, the bubble's shown up, man. <laughs> yeah, the bubble showed up to play. Bubble Buddy is, is not messing around. Like we were both, both we were both a little uh, skeptic about how it would progress. We thought that there's no way they could keep Corona out, but so far it's been they've been you know testing every day. They're doing every precaution they can to keep this thing going. And in addition to that, I was worried about the virtual fans. When I watch these games, I don't really even notice anymore that yeah, it's you don't not really pay in attention. an arena. 
Yeah, yeah. I, and even the players, I'm sure sometimes they can notice and it's maybe a little different. But when these games are coming down to one point, two point, they don't seem to notice that it's in a different environment. They're playing like it's an NBA Finals game in a fully stocked stadium. You know, it's it's awesome to see that this has really come to a perfect culmination coming into the playoffs here. Yeah, and I, I've been thinking about that feeling, like why we just don't care that much that there's no fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I basically like distilled it down to in my mind is basketball is kind of like this weird one-off sport where you even get that feeling sometimes when you're just out playing pickup ball. Like I know nobody's doing that during quarantine times, right? But when you're out playing pickup ball, just like out on the rec league courts, like at night, right? And you just got some of your buddies and stuff and you got a pickup game going and it gets down to the wire and everybody's just hyped for that last shot. Like everybody's trying to get that three. We're trying to get your star player on your pickup team, just open for that last second clutch three. Uh, and everybody's just like hyping everybody up and it's cold out there and you, you're playing in your sweatshirts and stuff. And like, I don't know, there's just some mystique about basketball where like you don't need people in the stands watching all the time because mm-hmm. Just the sound it makes, the sounds of sneakers on the court, the sound of the ball going through the net, uh, the hype of a last second shot, and just the shouting of everybody around and the movement. Like, I don't know. There's something magical about basketball that doesn't need to be spectated uh, yeah. in order to be cool. Yeah. Especially in this in this time in our country where everything is just so uh, controversial and we're just all skeptic about where we're headed and how we're going to handle the future. I think we just need to take a time out of our day once in a while, sit back, put on the NBA, and just know that at least one thing is happening right right now, and we can all enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Great way to put it. All right. Well, we're 41 minutes in here. Um, I have a question for you. Do you want to get into our all-bubble teams? I guess technically there are still one slash two days of slate of games left. Um, so we can wait, we can wait on that, right? We can wait on the, the results of those games. And I think it's fair to wait teams. just because, especially for the MVP award, there is a little bit of a jockeying for position here at the end. I mean, you said it before the podcast. Do you want to, do you want to say like who you're flip-flopping between here? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it, it was Devin Booker by far, uh, until tonight. And (laughs) I don't know, I don't know how I can't right now pick Damian Lillard, especially because they look like they're going to pass and get into the eighth seed. It's, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to pick. Yeah, because the next game, I mean, what if D Book goes for like Mm fifty-five in the Suns' final win or something? Right, he's capable of doing. Which he's capable of doing. So, like, yeah, we we, you're right. We should wait. We should wait. We'll hold it off. Um, because anything could happen. This is the NBA, man. A last second winning shot could go in for like, I don't know, Gary Trent Jr. And I'm like, oh, he's my MVP now. <laughs> so, I wouldn't go that far, but hey, he's been good. I'll give him that. He's been pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, that was a good pod. Uh, do we want to recap? Maybe let's recap the pick em. How about that? Okay. Um, yeah, that sounds go. good. That's how we close it out usually. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I think the two games we bet on uh after the last pod which was sunday morning so uh the two games we bet on were the 76ers blazers game yep right that night and then the next night the lakers nuggets so yeah (laughs) 76ers blazers i took i think we we pushed technically because the blazers were minus three and they won by three yeah um so that's a push um but the next day we did a pick them and you you called it man 
Lakers got off the schneid. Um, yeah. We beat the Nuggets 124-121, even though the Nuggets didn't play their starters the whole time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a big asterisk. But, hey, it won me some yeah. money, too. It was the last game of my parlay in Kuzma. Yeah, well, was, all right. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, we'll, you know, we'll uh, we'll call that a victory for you, right? Okay. Obviously. So um, that's two and one? So you, yeah, it's it's uh, two to one, and then we can put another one for a tie, but I guess that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> All right. Well, Do one since, and one. <laughs> since you're behind, I'll give you the opportunity to pick the game and the team first. I am behind. All right. Well, um, I'm looking at tomorrow's slate, and since there's not a lot up for debate, you know, like like in terms of the standings, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of hard to pick a team. I mean, I guess of all these teams that are playing tomorrow, like the Heat um, and the Thunder, I guess, are probably in – the only positions that could actually overtake somebody yeah that could change um that could change and those two are playing each other so i kind of think that might be the best game to pick okay um heat thunder Um, yeah i agree i haven't looked up a line for that Uh, let me do that real quick but i i'm inclined to take the uh to take the heat in this one um i don't know What, what, what are your thoughts on that one um well if we check the injury report real quick, I mean, is that even a good game? I don't know. <laughs> um, it looks like none might be back. Oh, he is. Okay. Maybe. Well, that'd be, you know what? that would have been format a lot. Yeah. Going blind into it. I, I like how the thunder have been playing and I think they want to keep their momentum. So they're going to play everybody a solid amount of minutes. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take straight up. I'll take the thunder without I'll looking the at the line. straight up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't find the line for some reason. I should probably pull this up before the pod from now on. I'm going to do that. Note well, to hey, self for good podcasts. We're learning every day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll yeah. take them straight up. <laughs> Let's take them straight up. All right, because I can't find the odds. So, all right, I'll go heat. You're going thunder, you said? Yes, sir. We're, okay, straight up. We'll take that one. And then uh, on Thursday, um, we have another slate of games. Did you uh, Did you have any of those you wanted to pick? I mean, I assume it's going to be one with one of these teams that matter. Um, yeah, that's the hard part is a lot of these teams aren't going to be playing their guys, maybe not even at all, uh, especially the yeah. ones that are kind of sealed. So let's think about this. Um, one team that I do think is going to play their guys, Spurs Jazz, obviously, because the Spurs are jockeying for a playoff spot. Um, the yeah. Jazz might sit their guys, but Jazz I'm going to take the Jazz. I'll take, without looking at the line, I'll take the Jazz straight up because I think as good as DeRozan has been, I think this team's going to run out and the Spurs are going to drop this one. You think so? I mean, I'm inclined to believe you, I guess, but I, I don't know. I kind of think the Spurs will still roll. I mean, they have a lot to play for. They have just as much to play for as the Suns because if they win and a yeah. few teams ahead of them lose, like they're in this. So they are desperate. I'm t- I'll take the Jazz. Okay. I mean, if, you, if you're really on for that, then yeah, Straight I'll up. take the Spurs. Yep. All right. Okay. So I guess, uh, yeah, I got the the Heat Spurs parlay there, and you got the. Thunder Jazz. And right when I agree to that, it looks like Conley, Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert will not be playing, but it's okay. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> we can pick another game. No, no, no. no, Suns, no that, I'm, I think I'm the Mavs might play there, guys. Nope. I'm feeling good. You're feeling good about the, the backup Jazz. I don't mm-hmm. even know who the backup Jazz is. Emmanuel Moutier, maybe? Is he going to put up 30 spot? Jazz, <laughs> as they call him. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, that's pretty much all we had planned for this pod. Uh, We'll pick it up again with another one on Thursday night. Get a boo. Get a boo, Jake. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. And uh, peace. Peace.